Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Manny stood and led Patrick to the bed. Patrick felt like molten lava as he spread himself out on the sheets. His face was flushed and the air felt suddenly cool against his feverish skin. Manny slinked up next to him like a very satisfied cat and began to tease the head of Patrick's cock with the pat of his thumb while he pulled Patrick's face to his for a deep kiss. Patrick gently ran his nails down Manny's soft back, eliciting delicious shivers. With a bit of finagling and shifting of weight, Patrick was able to slide his other hand between them and began moving it slowly up and down the length of Manny's thick cock. He wanted to reach into the purple briefs to feel the soft skin beneath, but they were positioned in a way that would make such a maneuver awkward. Patrick half believed that Manny had done this on purpose, yet another way to tease him. Patrick decided on some payback and pulled back from the kiss. He slowly shimmied himself down the length of Manny's body until he was level with one of his nipples. Patrick leaned forward and began teasing Manny's nipple with feather-soft flicks of his tongue. Manny's breath hitched before he released a deep moan that vibrated in his chest. With a smile, Patrick increased the pressure, drawing gentle circles around Manny's nipple with his tongue. Manny shuddered and goose flesh formed on his skin. Patrick continued using his tongue to gently, softly, slowly tease Manny until he was panting. Neil! Yes? Neil, that is sexy and hot! <laughs> oh, I'm glad you think so. Neil Higgins, did you write that? I did write it. Yay! But Neil, <sighs> we have yes. a podcast to do now. We do have a podcast. I, I have more to read. Do you want me to read you more? Or should Not, we do the podcast? Let's do the podcast. Let's do the podcast. We don't want to, okay, we don't want okay. to give away everything for free. Okay. That's, <laughs> I mean, there's a first time for everything, I suppose. <laughs> uh, well... I'm hi, hi, I'm Neil, and I'm Claire, and this is FMK Lit, where we read two romance novels, a straight one and a queer one, and then we play fuck, Mary kill with the characters. Usually, but today, Usually. today, this month, this month we are NaNoWriMoing. November is National Novel Writing Month, and so Claire and I have decided to attempt to write romance novels. And if you are interested in NaNoWriMo, I mean, you can join at any time. You just go to NaNoWriMo.org. You can also donate. They give to a lot of amazing organizations. You can help them support all the writers that they support year-round. In addition to following us and seeing what we're up to... Um, yeah, so, Neil. Yes. Before we get on to it, I thought we would talk about our What Are You Hot and Bothered About This Week? Okay, I mine's a two-part. Oh, um, okay. Both very short. One of them is a hot and one of them is a bothered. Okay. So, which one do you want first? Um, I think I want bothered, and then we'll finish on the hot. Okay, so for bothered... Um, okay, the apps. I have endless stories. So one of the apps, and this is one of the more, um, 
I don't want to say legitimate, but one of the more like wholesome apps. On May twenty third, <laughs> I just I just now realized this. On May twenty third of twenty sixteen, I messaged a guy. We matched, and then I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, how's your week going so far?" And then today, November fifteenth, twenty twenty, he responded. I was just like, oh, hey, it's going great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I messaged you four and a half years ago. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I, I, again, I just saw the May, May, uh, 23rd. And it's like, oh, earlier this year. Okay, a few months. That's obnoxious. 2016! Look, Neil, he could not even think about cock while Trump was in office or even close to the office. He is now, like, feeling <laughs> way better about life. He is, like, think... He's, like, it is hopeful. Things are happening. He's, like, you know what? I am ready. And he's, like... <laughs> I'm ready to love again. I'm ready to love again! <laughs> Can you believe it? Watch us like five years or like three years from now, we'll be married. Um, well, honestly, I think you need to not message him back for four years, but 100% you need to put that on your calendar in four years. You need to message him and go, I'm so glad you got back to me. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'm doing great. You know, just blah, blah. just like, okay. Okay. It, happens with some regularity that for whatever reason someone just doesn't respond for a while and that's fine but usually they'll be like oh hey sorry i just saw your message or like oh hey it's been crazy whatever just like acknowledge that it's been four and a half years since i sent you that first message neil what if he's a time traveler what if it has actually only been seconds for him well what if he doesn't even know it's 2020 well, he needs to tell me that so I know what I'm getting into, that I'm dating a time traveler. <laughs> and then I'll read The Time Traveler's Wife so I know what to expect. It's it's all pain and heartbreak. You just need to... This is a hit it and quit it situation. <laughs> great. Great. Anyway, so that is one of the more ridiculous things that has happened to me personally recently. Um, and then my other hot and bothered, I find this... So amazing. Don't ask me how I discovered this because I do not even remember. But the other day, through random happenstance on the internet, I discovered that in 1983, L.L. Bean released the L.L. Bean Game and Fish Cookbook. Okay. So if you have any need to cook any of the following animals, L.L. Bean's got you covered. Moose, caribou, musk ox, bear, opossum, raccoon, <laughs> woodchuck, squirrel. Like, what? Okay. So L.L. Bean, that place with too expensive clothes, was like, well, do you know what our shoppers do all the time? They hunt and eat their own opossum. We'd better make them a cookbook for it. 
Neil, Neil, yeah. this is all very interesting, yeah. but also feels very time travel-y. Exactly how did you stumble across this information? <laughs> okay, so I woke up one morning, <laughs> and I had a Rubik's Cube on my nightstand. <laughs> and a boombox was playing. And everyone was on coke for some reason. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I think it was like, I don't know. I was looking at something and there was some link that's like LL Bean cookbook. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I find out that, oh, well, if I have an overabundance of antelope that I antelope meat that I don't know what to do with, LL Bean's got me covered. That is amazing. A couple weeks Angus ago. Angus Cameron and Judith Jones of L.L. Bean know what I should do with the um, uh, partridge that I have. Excellent. Just lying around. Obviously. Yeah. Or woodcock. In your very expensive clothes. In my very expensive clothes that I didn't want to get dirty by hunting. <sighs> so, I bet the royal family anyways. hunts in L.L. Bean. Oh, sh- well, no, they probably hunt in, like, Burberry. Oh, well, sorry, you were correct. I've, that is correct. Or there's, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, like, some hunting wear store that's the, the you know, the, roi- the royal clothier of hunting to Her <laughs> Majesty Elizabeth Regina since 1947 or whatever. <laughs> Uh, what does it say? It's like by, not by decree, but like, because certain companies have to have like a license from the the royal, the monarch to do business. So it's like by commission of her majesty, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, etc. Et et Very Probably fancy. Very anyway, fancy. so I'm, I'm half tempted to buy this cookbook just so I, you know, in case I um, feel like slaughtering a mountain goat. Yes, 100%. I think you need to. I'm actually on board. (laughs) Do that thing. So sometimes the internet is a great place. Uh, Claire. (laughs) Yes. What's got you unbothered? Um, I'm getting a Christmas present from Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. Netflix has decided that it wants to show me period drama romance Written and produced by Shonda Rhimes. And I am so excited. Like, this is everything I love. So it's called Bridgerton. It's a TV. It's going to be a full series. And it is definitely. Yes. And it's a. It's so I'm oh, and it's about this lady who is like part of the ton. And she's like, I'm going to write. Her name is Lady Whistledown. And she's like, I. I'm just going to write all the gossip. But instead of doing what most gossip writers do, which is like leave out people's names, I'm putting the names in. And all of the ton is like, what? And also there's like romances and people finding each other. And they're just cast this like diverse, total diverse casting. It's, it all takes place in England during that period, but uh, they've just like diversified the casting and it looks so beautiful and so much fun. And I, it is for me. It was made for me and all the ladies yeah. like me who want these things. I am so excited. I am so excited. Shonda Rhimes sat down and was like, well, 
this year's the year to give Claire Rice a birth or a Christmas present. What should I give her? What indeed? But the best part is so it's based on Julia Quinn's uh, best-selling novel series, which is also the Bridgerton series, and I have read some of those books. Mm-hmm. Am excited. Am excited. Really excited. Let's do this thing. What? <laughs> Great. So. When does it come out so I know that I will not hear from you for, like, an entire day and a half? Christmas Day. <gasps> Christmas Day. Uh, what, what day is it, Chanda Rhymes? Why, it's Christmas Day, Claire. <laughs> no, what is this girl doing? Oh, she is going to make her... I make a Christmas wreath every Christmas that's just, like, a coffee mm-hmm. cake. And it is delicious and very cinnamony and very spicy and very tasty. I make this Christmas coffee wreath bread and I sit down with my uh, coffee and Matt and I open our presents on Christmas day, even though we're adults and in our, in our pajamas. And then I am just going to fucking watch the shit out of this show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch it all in one day. And then I'm probably going to watch it again the day after and fuck everybody. (laughs) I mean, uh, as as a, a random woman in line at the hardware store behind me yesterday said, fuck it, it's 2020. Just, like, <laughs> do whatever makes you happy. Uh, it's... <laughs> My self-care is binging Shonda Rhimes series twice in a row. <laughs> well, and I'm not, like... The the best part about this is because, um, like, I liked, I very much liked everything that happened with Grey's Anatomy in the first couple seasons. I watched the shit out of that. I never liked uh, making a murderer or what, not making a murderer, but, like, uh, how to get away with murder. It wasn't really my thing. But honestly, like, this is, like, the best of all those things. And it's throwing away the outside exterior. It's like, no, this is a romance. This is just a romance. Like, we don't also have to save someone's life. <laughs> We don't also have to, like, solve a murder in Quest. No, 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 no. These people want to have sex with each other, and they need to go to the ball first. And then gossip. Oh! Oh! This is gonna be so good! Great. Well, I'll let you binge it, and then I'll expect you to tell me whether or not it's worth watching. I am very excited. So that's got me obviously very hot, and that's mm-hmm. where we are. But Neil, hey. yes, how is your writing this week? Um, but okay. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I peaks and valleys, ups and downs, highs and lows. So I was getting, I had a few days in a row that now that everything is outlined and like I'm just like going for it. There were a few days that I was averaging like 2,500 words. And I was like, okay, I feel good. I feel good. And I'm, I was behind. So I was like, okay, if I just keep at this pace, eventually I'll just kind of catch up and probably have to do like a bit of a push at the end. But like, that's fine. That's fine. But then there was one night where I was like, okay, great. And I finished and I hit my like 25, 2,600 words and I submitted it to NaNoWriMo and I'm doing great, and I feel good. And I sort of, like, came out of my writing fugue, and I looked at my phone, and it was, like, almost midnight. And Duolingo's like, you're about to lose your streak, bro. And I'm like, it's 11.57. I'm not going to do it. And 
unfortunately, I had the streak freeze. Listeners always get the streak freeze on Duolingo. Um, but it's like, well, shit, then I... Ah, uh, okay. So then the next night, I was like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll start my writing, and I'll take a little bit of a break to do my Duolingo, and then great, great, great. So I did a bit of writing. I went and did my Duolingo, and I went back to writing, and by the time I finished, I looked at the clock, and it was like 12.02. So when I submitted the word count, it counted for that day instead of the day. Like, it counted for the next day, you know? And I'm like, well, God, fuck. Um, so it's just been hard to, like, okay, here are these things that I want to accomplish every day, right? Like, eat, sleep, shower. But then also, like, get my writing in, do my Duolingo, you know? And it's just like, okay, I have to, like, remind myself, okay, we can't start all of this at 8 p.m., so that was that um and then um yesterday i had set aside time to write and i was like okay i'm it was like 60 like just over 6700 words behind because of oh and then also there was a day this week that i got to like i just wasn't motivated to keep on with the story because i had gotten to a stopping point and I just like couldn't bring myself to start so I was like I'll just sort of like write some world buildy stuff that probably won't make it into the book but like will be in my head and will be useful and then I got like 800 something words and I was like I just can't anymore tonight and I like had to be okay with that anyway so yesterday I set aside time I was like 6700 words behind and I was like okay I can catch up and I was like wait 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 Neil no Set a more realistic goal first. So it's like, okay, if I hit 5,000 words today, I'll be, I'll consider that good and I'll be very proud of myself. But if I meet the 67,000, or 6,700, 6,700, then that'll be even better. And I was like, okay, great, good for you. Typity type, type, typity type, type, typity type, type, type. And I think by the time I finished yesterday, I had like 7,000 words. Nice. So now I'm actually a little bit ahead. But then, between last night when I finished writing and when I am talking to you right now, I realized that the majority of what I have written is probably superfluous and unnecessary. (laughs) So it's one of those things that, like, I plotted it out to be realistic and then I, like, got through basically that chunk. And I was like, oh, I didn't need half of this. I could have, like, squished a bunch of this together and still been good. Oh, okay. Well, you live, you learn. <laughs> and then, like, I only took solace in it to be like, okay, well, when I'm famous and have, like, a, a, a romance novel empire, mm-hmm, then I can mm-hmm. be like, okay, well, I'll I'll release, like an edition of the book with all the extra stuff. And I'll be like, <laughs> here you go for the fans. And the like, extended I know edition for the fans. It's the extended edition. I know it's superfluous. I know there's a very good reason why I cut all this out. But if anybody wants it, you can buy this book. Thanks. <laughs> so that's my plan with that material. Excellent. No, I think that makes total yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, cool. Well, what is yeah. the, um, so the thing that you read out today, like, mm-hmm. what was that? What part is the, of the book was that from? So that is um, kind of the beginning 
part. It's with it's like in the eye of the storm of things that are not necessarily and really need to be truncated and pared down. But I think that it what I read and what I'm going to read, which is like the first the beginning of that scene, like before they're actually anyway. Um so Patrick is going through a breakup and he comes to this town or he's staying at this B&B in this cute little town and he tells himself, no, I, I, I'm just going to like take some time, take some time. Oh wait, I'm already on the hookup apps trying to find someone to hook up with, but like passively, just like I'll put my, I'll like log in. Everyone around here will see that a new person has logged in. So I'll get a shit ton of messages. It'll be great for my self-esteem. And then if anybody interesting messages me, great. Um, and he sees this guy who's pretty close, who's super cute. And I think I talked about this in the last um, episode that he owns the bookstore. And so they go and they're like, oh, we're going to, we'll hang out. And the, the bookstore guy's like, oh, I'll recommend you a book and we'll sort of hang out. And then if we hit it off, we'll go fuck. Patrick's like, yeah, great. So he shows up at the store. They hit, they like flirt a little bit they don't even get to the book recommendation and then this guy's like so you want to go to my place and patrick's like yes <laughs> um and so this the manny is who he's hooking up with is not the love interest but um someone i like they'll become they're gonna hook up they're gonna become friends and manny's gonna be some like help patrick with some emotional growth um, that he needs, but then also there's going to be a bit of conflict around Manny between Patrick and Carrie, the love interest. Nobody's going to get jealous. Nobody's going to get angry. Nobody's going to get possessive, but it's just going to be like sort of a misunderstanding about, uh, or a difference in expectations of relationships that will lead to some awkwardness and some friction but then they'll talk through it like adults. Nice. And it doesn't sound interesting when I explain it, but I hope that it will be interesting. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, well, so would you like to like read part of, part of it for sure? I will. And part of it for me too is like, Oh, like these are all adults with sex lives. So, one person can hook up with another person that's not the main guy and the main guy can know about it and it doesn't really need to be an issue. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I think what I like about you doing that is because I feel like so many of the romance novels we read seem to exclude other sex, like sex life in general. Like even when this person's yeah. a rake uh, and so we know they have mm -hmm. sex a lot with other people, like that sex is bad somehow they themselves may in the mm -hmm. book at some point say no no like even the the woman they're having sex with on the regular may be like no 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 he's great and this is fine it's totally consensual everybody's having a good time nobody wants to have a relationship here so like to excuse it for our modern sensibilities but i do feel like there is a sense that we're not supposed to have acknowledge the sex lives of our love interests uh out outside of the main one that they aren't supposed to have mm -hmm. sex outside of that like these two are destined to be together and so why would they have sex with other people um unless that sex was a bad choice or 
there was a morality problem or something. Like, we need to prove... Or the sex was bad. Right, or the sex was bad. Like, we need to prove that these two people are meant to be together forever. And I think that's in part because there's still, like, an old feeling, like, when you meet the one, it will be perfect, amazing sex. And you won't need to get that fulfillment from anyone else. When the truth is, you easily can have sex, good sex, with someone you don't like particularly. (laughs) And you can also have bad sex with somebody you love dearly. (laughs) Like, and those two things can happen in the same week. (laughs) And like, we're still humans. (laughs) Yeah. So... Okay. Uh, yeah, like, it's it's a way of taking the humanity out of some very good romance novels that are almost there. So I really do like that you've got that in there. Mm-hmm. It also, um, when when romance novels sort of, like, remove sexuality from the characters other than with the actual person, it, um, it sort of equates the two in a way that I think is kind of weird and really antiquated that like sex equals love love equals sex it's like no that's not true and like when when you're having sex with someone that you do love i understand like you know like that's an extra layer of intimacy and like it is extra special in a way and that's great that's beautiful that's wonderful but like you can love someone and maybe never have sex with them and it'd still be okay. Like, I think I've mentioned on this podcast, on the apps, I encountered a couple, they, they're both tops, so they're not sexually compatible. So I'm sure they, like, fool around, but they don't have sex with each other, but they still love each other. And it's just like, well, we don't have sex with each other and we do want to go have sex, so we have sex with other people. And it's, like, super great. And then also, like, you can have sex with someone that you just met that is not only great, but then also like intimate and, and have an emotional weight to it that doesn't need to last beyond that evening. Like it can still be an experience of sharing and like you take something away from it, even if you never see that person again. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I want like my, campaign my my hill that i will die on is like i want romance the romance genre to show the entire gamut of what relationships look like what sexuality looks like what it means to have sex with another person or people instead of just like i'm a virgin and all of a sudden the sex is amazing and and I never want to have sex with another person ever again. Because, like, how often does that happen? And if it does, great. Like, when I see old people that are like, oh, yeah, we were high school sweethearts and we've been married for, you know, 57 years. I'm just like, oh, my God. That's just <laughs> so beautiful. But then when I see, when I see like, 25-year-olds that are like, oh, we're high school sweethearts and we've never had sex with any other people, that I'm like, why? Just like, why? Anyway. So, I'm going to read a bit of a passage, which is the beginning of the hookup that I read at the top of the episode. And something that I set out to accomplish with this, and Claire, please tell me, give me feedback, is Manny is like a bigger guy. He's cubby 
in the in the gay parlance. Um, and like, I wanted to to show that, and like for Patrick to find him attractive without fetishizing it. So hopefully that has been accomplished. So please, okay, I'd love I'd love your feedback. Um, after I read this passage. So this All is, right. they've, um, they've just met up at the bookstore and decided to go to Manny's place to fuck. So, Manny stepped through the door and pushed a button so that soft light filled the hall. He stepped back to let Patrick in. And as soon as Patrick was through the door, Manny flung it closed and moved towards Patrick, pressing him against the wall. His stocky frame was warm, and the sudden weight of him pressing Patrick against the wall sent a tantalizing shock up his spine. In one fluid movement, Manny took off his glasses, set them on the side table beside Patrick, then pressed his dark, full lips to Patrick's. Patrick sighed into the supple but insistent lips and felt like he could sink into them like quicksand. He let himself melt against the wall, enjoying the feeling of Manny pressed along the length of him. They seemed connected by the two points of heat that were their mouths moving greedily against each other and their erections rubbing maddeningly against each other through layers of fabric. After a while, Patrick decided to step it up a bit and wrapped one arm around Manny's waist, brushing his fingers just over the rise of his ass and slid the other arm up his back so that his fingers tangled into Manny's thick curls. He leaned forward while pressing Manny's head against his own, exploring in earnest his host's tongue with his own. Manny moaned against Patrick's mouth, sending vibrations all the way down Patrick's spine. He broke the kiss to lick and bite playfully at Manny's neck. Fuck, Manny sighed as Patrick's tongue lapped hungrily at his soft throat. Patrick actually felt him shudder. Patrick almost laughed as he smelled Manny and realized that he smelled like warm skin and chamomile. Manny's hands slid down into his back pockets to press them closer together. His fingers kneaded Patrick's butt with a firm pressure. The pressure in Patrick's pants was becoming painful. He was starting to worry that his zipper would wear a hole in his underwear. (laughs) It was a small torture that held promise. Suddenly, he felt a considerably less enjoyable pressure a bit further north. He lifted his head to look at Manny. Sorry, but I just drank a bottle of wine with dinner. Do you have a bathroom I could use? (laughs) Of course, Manny said with a chuckle. He took Patrick's hand and led him down the hall. He reached into a dark doorway and flipped a light, revealing a small, clean bathroom. I'll be in the bedroom at the end of the hall. Patrick gave the other man a quick kiss before stepping into the bathroom. He found that he was panting. His heart was pounding, and he was worried that he'd rubbed his dick raw. What seemed three hours later, he emptied his bladder and quickly rinsed his hands. He stepped out to see the door at the end of the hall was only open a crack. Soft, warm light filled the gap between the door and its frame. He padded down the hall and slowly opened the door. There, just in front of him, Manny was down on his knees wearing nothing but a very flattering pair of purple briefs. His ample thighs and rounded belly were lightly covered in coarse black hair. His nipples were dark and begging to be licked. The soft light in the room slid luxuriously over the soft curves of his body, making him look velvety and decadent. And that's my passage. Oh, so good. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. Um, You were asking if that sounded fetishistic. It didn't to me. It just sounded like that was a description of what he looked like. Like, if, like, we had stayed on the rounded belly more and, like, thought about what the rounded belly meant and wanted to, like, caress the Mm -hmm. curves and told Manny, lay down. I just want to see that belly. Well, there you go. (laughs) 
like there's the sure, fetish. Sure, sure, sure. And and that's definitely a thing. Like there are, um, uh, I think maybe more broadly in the in the queer community that there are like guys who are specifically attracted to men with like round bellies and like some extra weight on their frame and like they find that sexy which is great but also like gay men tend to take things too far and be kind of extra with it um and then also like well i think carrie is carrie has a very different body type so i wanted patrick to like just be like yeah different body types are sexy yeah no i think that's what you did i don't think like um it didn't feel like it didn't feel like he was fetishizing it. It did, like, I can see, like, if it was part of the sex act, like, ter- like that they were having, mm-hmm. um, because I'm not, like, uh, I'm not claiming any sort of morality on any particular fetish as long as everybody's invested in it. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, like, I mean, if Patrick had come in and was like, I'm all about that belly and I don't care what you think, and in fact, I'm even removing your humanity <laughs> to just think about that belly, then I'd be like, whoa, 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 Patrick's a dick and needs to get the fuck out of that room. <laughs> but that's okay, obviously okay. not what was happening. It was very much about, like, look at that fucking hot man in front of me. I cannot wait for this to keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've also discovered that um, words... And I don't want to say euphemistic, but, like, flowery, descriptive words to describe someone who is curvy in an attractive way are all words that are associated with the female body. Mm. Like, buxom, curvy. And, like, I realize it's, like, I don't... I may just not know them, but there are no words coming to my mind that, like, seem to fit the male body that is curvy and sexy. I think this means so I just found that, that interesting. we need to read more bear books. We need to read more, like, yes. bear romances. Yeah. I think that's... Right, but... That also, is actually, I, mean, like, I think, a hole in our particular... Um, right, and I think, like, I have... I have the language to describe it because it's been, I've, I've seen it used in the apps, but it's not like, it's very, I don't want to say crass or coarse, but it's like, it's very to the point. Like, I love your big sexy belly. I want to, you know, like, I want to see your belly shake while I fuck you. Just like stuff like that. And like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, that wasn't the mood that I was going for with this scene. So it was like trying to find language that is, the, you know, within within the realm of romance to sort of, like, flowery around, like, you know, oh, it's intimate, it's soft, it's beautiful. But to, like, describe a man's body as sexy without being, like, quote, rugged or manly or, like, muscly. So I just found that interesting. And, like, I actually got a bit stalled trying to find words to use and it's like Mm. I know that this is like a first draft and I'm gonna go back and it doesn't really matter but it's like well if I don't look at it now I'm just gonna have this problem later down the road so it was like going through thesaurus.com just like what are words that I can use that like and it and it I don't know maybe this was me editing myself but it's like what can I what language can I use to convey to someone who doesn't necessarily find Manny's body type sexy 
and like used to convey to them that it is sexy, despite the fact that that's not what they're necessarily attracted to, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I can see. Yeah. I can see that being an issue and, um, yeah, no, but I think like what you've written is a very sexy scene. Cause I think through, through Patrick's eyes, like he's seeing a man he definitely wants to have sex with and he's seeing that man through his own eyes. And so mm-hmm. I think you've shown us through Patrick's eyes, like what he's seeing. And so, and I think mm-hmm. that, I think that works great. I also realized a lot of descriptors that came to mind to, um, to like describe someone's curves in a positive way. Like there were a lot of ones that were food related. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to very seriously avoid that right now. Yeah. You know? So that was, I don't like, you know, like, like buttery isn't quite a right example, but like, like um, I, there was no point that I wanted him to be like, oh, like, Patrick wanted to taste him, or, like, he looked delicious, or anything like that. It's like, I don't, we don't need to, like, make the chubby guy a piece of food. That's not <laughs> what we're here for. <laughs> you know? So no, I, I, fa- I found was, that really interesting. That was very conscious of you, and I think that was very, I, I, like, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing that process very much. Like... <laughs> Christine just texted in the chat juicy yes that is maybe I will use maybe I'll throw that in a bit later because Manny's got an ass on him let me tell you (laughs) I mean yeah that might be worth it that particular (laughs) wagon she also wagon I I just (laughs) junk Junk in the trunk has also always made me just think this person has shit themselves. <laughs> so I've never really understood the, ooh, that girl's got junk in the trunk. And I'm like, ooh, like poop? <laughs> so, I, yeah, I've never quite gotten that. But no, well done, Neil. Well done. Thank very, you. Very enjoyable. So that was just like as someone who, you know. Has has some curves and has been, you know, having to to come to terms with my own body. Be like, oh, what? I don't I don't want anyone to use any of these words to describe my body. So like, what what can I say? Like the the language didn't come to mind immediately. Well, and now you can take like, these wow. words that you are creating and you can also apply them to yourself and like be like, look at this. Look at this body. Mm-hmm. Look at this like look at the wonderful <laughs> things it can do. This is look this how is also a note and decadent I am. Look at that. And this is also a note for Claire. Like Claire also needs to like look at my decadent body. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. All our bodies should right? be decadent. Right? And even the word decadent, I was like I mean it does have food <sighs> associations. It does have food associations, but not just. So, like, for me, it was like, okay, I want to say kind of decadent, but also something else. So, like, velvety and decadent. So, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, even if there is food involved, there's also other stuff that makes it decadent. So, I mean, like, a, a so, gold a gold satin dress is decadent. Oh, indulgent. It is. Look at my indulgent, indulgent. body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's a good one. Thank you, Christine. Christine's chiming in with little... 
<laughs> synonyms today, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I just like I wanted to to evoke the image of him sort of spread out on a chaise with a nice velvety velvety blanket while he gently runs his fingers over his inviting well curves. and he is wearing purple underwear and that is the um mm-hmm. that is the color of royalty so he is like he is like very kingly in this this is very like great yeah very very great. rich okay great and a, a little bit later we talk about his foreskin so Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Good job. Well done. Anyway, so that's me. And that was just like an interesting thing that like you'd think I would have picked up on earlier. Just like me being me and living in the body that I live in. But I just found it so interesting. It's like, oh, it's not like all the all the words that come to mind that are, I guess, euphemistic, really. But like complimentary of a fuller figure all have like when we hear the words we think of a woman because that they've been applied to yeah anyway so that was me um claire how was your week my week was pretty good um i had like one rough day and it was in large part because um we're also my theater company is also trying to film a movie I'm trying to... Yeah, I don't know how you have time for anything right now. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I'm I am like, like... Oh my God, I can't set aside that 15 minutes to do Duolingo. And you're like, oh yeah, I was filming yesterday. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I complaining about? <laughs> um, it's It's been an interesting life, that's for sure. I mean, I feel like with the filming too, I am tangential to it. Like I'm... I'm the producer on it, but also like all the balls are rolling. Everybody's doing their thing. I mostly just have to do one or two things to to help out or to make sure something else happens. And I'm the COVID like supervisor. So when people are on set, I'm the one who checks them in, checks their temperature, double checks to make sure they're feeling well, make sure they're wearing masks and then sends them into the shoot. And then also like kind of walks around and it's like, is everybody actually being distanced? Um, and then lets them go. So during the shoot itself, like I can't, because I have contact with everybody, I can't actually be on the shoot. <laughs> like I need to separate myself from everybody else because I'm the person that everybody sees. So <laughs> like, so it's it's a very like sort of interesting dance. But what I was doing this week was trying to find some props and trying to put some things together last minute. And um, so we had one late night where we had a long meeting. Uh, I worked later than usual, and then we had a long meeting. And then I had to go to Target late in the evening to pick up some things. And then I had to put those things together. So I didn't actually get to start my hour of writing until... 11:30 and I was like great you've got 30 minutes to to put something in here to show that you wrote for today and I've been pretty pretty good with my record of writing more than a thousand words a day so um so like I've been like doing pretty well on that uh that day I got in 34 words just to just to say that I'd logged in I was like so I went into the the document I wrote uh sh- two sentences 34 words, put it in the thing, went to bed. (laughs) I was like, cool. (laughs) Um, 
And then, like, uh, I have another friend who's also, like, I'm buddies with on here. And she is, like, a powerhouse as a writer. So I've been sort of, like, trying to keep up with her. And that day it was, like, all gone. Like, she had this amazing day where she wrote, like, 6,000 words that day. And I'd only written the 34. And up until then, like, we'd been doing pretty well with each other. And I was like, well, that was the end of that streak. (laughs) Yeah, if it's the, if it is, if it's who I'm thinking of, like, you're just setting up yourself for failure, trying to keep up with her. Oh, yeah, no. She texted me this morning and was like, you know, I think I can, like, I think this book is probably going to be about 80,000 words, and I bet I can get that in before Thanksgiving. And I was like, yeah, I think you can. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Must be nice. All right. But she's, you know, but, you know, like, I feel really good about my particular word count, especially since this time last year, um, I had 10,000 less, and that was it. That was going to be done. Also because... Not last year, but the year before. I was also, like, heading into, like, heavy production season with theater stuff. And I realized, oh, you cannot write a novel and produce theater at the same time. <laughs> like, it just... That is actually very hard. And yet, here we are, Claire. Yet and again. yet, here we are yet again. Um, and yet, I think my process for this very much is just fucking put it down on paper. I can absolutely mm-hmm. tell. I'm going to... if. If I if I go in to do any edits on this, it is a page one rewrite, and uh, I will be chucking things left and right. Like I am not going in and editing for like clarity. I am not fixing things. Like when I go and reread s- small parts, I'm like, wow, you just skipped five words for that whole sentence. Like <laughs> like, um, and you you just decided, oh, that's how you're gonna spell that word. Cool. So it's it's messy. And it's not like it doesn't read well, but I'm not disappointed about it. Like I'm pushing through. I feel like it's a very introspective piece. We're in her head a lot. She's got a lot of emotions um, and she's messy. She's a messy, messy person. And I'm really kind of enjoying writing that like and we're kind of now getting into what is a really neat part. So the guy who's staying with her is this private detective who's trying to discover things about her husband and herself, but he doesn't want to like reveal himself. So he's trying to ask her questions without like, without showing that he's trying to figure things out. And so they're on a long car ride. I was really actually proud of this particular scene they're on a long car ride and he's like just sort of like just gently poking at her in the way anybody does when they're curious about someone else's situation and it sounds reasonable and then he asks so are you sure you've never tried to contact him you guys don't have some sort of secret way to contact each other and it's a very obvious question it's a very obvious like and she's like and she she straight up goes like well, agent so-and-so, like, <laughs> and, like, gives him, like, she's like, yeah, you and the FBI and the police all want to know that. And guess what? Well, I'm not. I'm not talking to him. I have no secret way of contacting him. And then she's pissed. She's pissed that, like, he's asking her this exceedingly probing question and pissed that he sounds like one of the agents or officers she's had to deal with after, like, her husband left her. And so... um they're headed to a flea market because he wants to pick up like cheap paintings that he can alter for fun as part of like a little hobby thing he's doing. And uh, so when they get there, she's pissed and she wants to, she wants to pick a fight with him. 
So, um, she did, but just like anybody who's picking a fight with someone else, they don't actually realize that's what they're doing until they're doing it (laughs) or until the other person calls them out on it. And so that's what's happening. Um, so I'm going to read a little section of this. Um, yes, please. All right. So what am I looking for? The flea market was busier than Margaret would have expected and much larger. Under $10, something scenic, oil paintings are best, and um, it would be great if there was some, like, picnic or cats or a guy on a horse or something. Hector looked positively excited about the prospect of looking through all of these booths. They dove into the first alleyway of booths. Most of the first ones seemed to be sports memorabilia, clothing wrapped in plastic, old dolls, and religious jewelry. Have you always painted? Margaret asked. They finally got to a booth with antiques and things that looked like they'd been trucked over from an elderly uncle's house. Margaret stood at the metal rack that held several paintings and clicked through the frames. I started in high school. I used to want to be a colorist for comic books. I did a little of that after, but I bounced around. It became more of a hobby than anything, something to do between work. You mean besides women? Margaret giggled to herself, thinking of the woman's voice on the phone. Sex, just sex. And two ex-wives, lots of traveling. Hector got quiet for a second. Then he came and stood next to her, looked at the rack of paintings that he'd already flipped through that she was looking through. All right. I asked you personal questions. I guess if you want to ask me some, that's only fair. Margaret wasn't a cruel person by nature, but something about the car ride had pissed her off. And something about this little quiet aside made it feel like he was giving her permission for something she just wanted to take. He took answers. She gave them freely. She didn't lie. Now he wants to make a game of it? No, I don't want to ask questions. Let's keep talking about painting. So, comics. Now monsters. So not serious art. Margaret looked him in the eye. She didn't mean it. She just knew he would take it as an insult. And he did. But if Margaret could judge by his face, he was more shocked than hurt. I thought you liked the painting. Hector was quiet and tried to make it sound like he wasn't arguing with her. But Margaret felt like a couple in a mall having a quiet but awful little public spat. She could see uh, eyes turning towards them. Hector looked around and then stepped back and smiled. Yeah, I like having sex. I spend time in new places and I look for people who want to have sex with me because sex is fun and nice. And if we like each other, I save their phone numbers so we can have sex again. I use apps to find people too. I go to bars and parties, and sometimes I meet people at work. When I first saw you at the restaurant, I thought, if the room doesn't work out, maybe we can have sex. Margaret didn't want to hear any of this anymore. Not about this. This wasn't where she wanted the conversation to go. This was the opposite, actually. It was all fine when she was the one who thought about it, but if he did too, Margaret pushed past Hector and down the alley of vendors and tried to randomly find another one. She was blind to what she was looking at, only thinking as she dove deeper into the pool that she was, uh, when she was ready to swim and kicking herself for it because she really wasn't. She, was, she wasn't fit for the outside world. She wasn't fit for people. Hector found her and came up close and spoke into her ear. I realize that your barometer for how to trust people is all over the place, but in general, I don't talk about my casual sex partners because they are my casual sex partners and just part of my life. I'm not ashamed of that part of my life, 
but if you want me to feel shame, but you wanted me to feel shame, so you brought it up. Margaret again pulled away from him, but this time, because he was right, she hated it. She just wanted to go back to a time where she said nothing at all, just look for stupid paintings. You want to pick a fight with me? We can fight about something. Hector said this loud so anyone could hear. I, he closed the gap between them with the sound of his voice. So tell me, why are you angry at me? And we'll fight about that instead. I don't like being the fucked up one. It slid out of her mouth like it had been waiting there. Even though Margaret wasn't sure that what she had said was true until she said it. And there it was. She wasn't angry at him. She was embarrassed, a little jealous, and tired. And that's, that's all I'm going to read for right now. <laughs> We're all jealous, embarrassed, and a little tired. <laughs> I really wanted Good. her to, like... Um do something wrong. Like picking a fight with somebody who's being helpful and good to you is a little wrong. But also when you are like kind of messed up, you don't know that. You don't really know what's happening. You just want someone else to feel as fucked up as you do on the inside. You just want to see that happen, especially people who look like they got their shit together. <laughs> like, uh, and so like, and it, it's like, it sucks. And so I wanted to see her do that, but I also wanted to feel empathy and pain for her. Like she does have a reason to be angry at him. She does have a reason, but I wanted it to like be hard. And I wanted her to look like not the good guy. And I wanted Hector to, like, push back at her, but I also wanted it to be understandable and, like, to have empathy for her in that moment. Um, and I think I did. The next thing that comes up is pretty funny. Uh, there's actually a guy in that booth who's, like, running the booth, and he's, like, this old dude. And he's, like okay, you two, get out. Like, <laughs> he's like, that's enough. And, and she's like, oh, so embarrassed. And when they walk out, the old guy comes up to her and is like, look, I know you and your husband are having problems. And she's like, because she's thinking about her husband, Mitchell, she's like all fucked up in the head. She's like, oh, God, how does he know what's happening? And he's like, but then he like pats her on the hand and he's like, marriage is hard. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and kind of forgive each other. You're you two are so good together. You obviously like each other. So it's that moment when somebody else sees something that you're not quite seeing yet. Mm. And so the old guy brings it back together. And then Hector, in like a wave of forgiveness, like isn't going to press through it. And she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, do you want to forget this happened and just like chalk it up to low blood sugar and get a snack? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so they go get like Mexican fruit cups and keep walking around. Ooh. Yeah. Uh question for you. When he alters the paintings, does he like put funny things in them? Like what sorts of alterations does he do? Yeah, he leaves the painting mostly as is, but just like in those internet things, he just puts like a little monster coming up over the hill or like a Cthulhu god like coming out of a lake. Mm -hmm. So like they're those really like boring sort of hotel art paintings or like the type of painting you do in like your first oils class. Mm -hmm. Or like your that your grandfather did and it's ugly, but you're proud of it because he get, he did it. But now it's going to Goodwill because mm -hmm. you don't want it anymore. It's like those sorts of things. <laughs> and he like takes them and just mm -hmm. adds stupid little creatures to them. Great. Love it. Um, 
I love, like, from what we know of him, I love that that's the thing that he's into because it seems so outside of what someone like him would want to do. So I love that that's there. Um, and I really like that that Margaret was like, okay, let's pick a fight. I'm going to bring up the fact that he's a man slut. And Hector's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I have consensual sex with other adults. I don't... Why are you just like saying facts at me? I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. And then she's like, oh, I should not have... Like, it's... She, like, she immediately feels kind of gross for having done that. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to... Like, I'm not ashamed about it. And you're trying to make me feel ashamed about it. And, like, that's not okay. The fact that I have sex with other... With multiple consensual adults. That's not the thing that's not okay. You trying to make me ashamed about it is the thing that's not okay. So I appreciated that. That was... That was fun. And, like... you So far, you've mostly red scenes where they've had a lot of conflict so it's mm -hmm. like how are they going to end up together how's that going to work because <laughs> neither of them seems especially happy about the situation right now <laughs> so i know but i yeah i am skipping over the parts where like so she woke up early one morning so it's kind of funny he made her dinner and it was like this it was just campbell's soup and like those like puff pastries you get at like the in the um in the refrigerator department which are fine like it's a fine meal but as she's eating it she's sort of she's remembering her husband and her husband was a great cook and he cooked mm -hmm. a lot of their meals and she had like this delicious life for the past five years and like now it's all gone and it's back to Campbell's soup and Pillsbury and <laughs> And so she's disappointed, but she doesn't, it's not Hector's fault. And she doesn't feel bad about that. She just misses her husband. So she goes up early the next morning. She goes, it gets good bacon and flour. And she makes just like a simple breakfast of biscuits and eggs and bacon and orange juice. And she makes it for him. And he comes into the kitchen surprised because she doesn't do this in general at all. And, um, and also like in just like boxer shorts and she's like, ah, <laughs> naked, look anywhere else, look anywhere else. <laughs> and he's like, he's like fit and like good looking. And she's like, no, 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 don't take these things. Don't take these things. And it's like, and she like immediately is like, this is going to make all those sex thoughts so much easier to have. And maybe I don't want to have them. And so she's, she's kind of a mess and he knows it and he sees it. Like, it's not a mystery what's happening right now. <laughs> And so he goes and puts on more clothes, but is, like, just kind of giggling at her for her, like, being flustered about it. And then when she pulls out the biscuits, of course, the night before he made biscuits, but these are homemade. And he also knows, like, it feels like what she's done is shown him up. <laughs> like, no, 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 this is biscuits, man. And so he's giggling at her about that. And but that's not what she did, and that's not really like what how she felt. But she also they don't they can't communicate those things yet because they just got to know each other, and it's all like very tenuous and laughy and giggly, and they're just trying to get through this breakfast. Um, yeah, and it's a cute scene. Great, I have one of those look away, look away, not look away, but like ooh damn scenes that I I I really like it, but I worry that I might have to cut it. Um, or change the circumstance where Patrick walks into the kitchen to ask Carrie something and he's like 
taken off his shirt, so he's in his undershirt, and he's all sweaty, and his hair is messed up, and he's cleaning up a bunch of melted butter. <laughs> <laughs> and and Patrick's just like, huh, 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 and he can like smell like that he's kind of sweaty, and it's like kind of getting him going, and it's just like, oh god, oh god, oh god, I need to leave this room right now. No, no, those are those are fun. And I worry that I might have to get rid of that scene, and that makes me sad. Oh well, I mean, I mean, when I read through this thing, like, there's a big part of me that's like, I wonder what will stay. What will stay? <laughs> what will stay? <laughs> <laughs> Their names, maybe. Oh, oh no, definitely not. My names are all going. Yeah. Not a single one of them is staying. Yeah. I the name that I came up with the the bed and breakfast i like it's the first thing that popped in my head i'm like i can't tell if i love it because it's so awful or if i hate it because it's so awful (laughs) yeah well thank you for sharing claire oh thank you for sharing um so i wonder if christine has questions for us christine christine i do (gasps) yay so I have a few just yes or no questions. I don't want you to elaborate on them. So mm. oh, at no. this point today is the halfway mark. So <gasps> first of all, so Neil, yes or no, mm-hmm. does it feel like it's halfway? Like, does my novel feel halfway done? Does it feel like it's halfway through this process not really okay all right claire yes no um yes okay now follow-up question (laughs) to that listeners i just listeners claire had this look on her face like yeah that's the answer i gave (laughs) (laughs) so follow-up question to that now that we are halfway through, whether or not it does feel like it's halfway through the process, in your mind, do you already have your characters divided up into who you will fuck, marry, and or kill? Claire, yes, no. Yes. Yes. Neil, yes, no. Yes. Neil, follow-up question. Is it at all uh-huh. driving your narrative because you know that? Like, are you, well, I don't want to, I don't want to skew it too much, but like, are you, do I know. you find that you're like spending a little bit more time writing the sex scenes on the characters that you yourself want to fuck? Or, you know, are you trying to write out the people you want to kill? <laughs> um, and I'm not allowed to elaborate. You can elaborate. Okay. I will um, allow it. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're so magnanimous. Um, so I think, for the most part, yes. And I think it's been not conscious mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, let's spend more time with these people that that I that I enjoy. But I think with um, the people that I want to kill, I'm also leaning into that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like having them be there more and just be less likable. <laughs> so that's been that's also been fun nice 
Yeah. So Claire, are you finding that this is the same thing that you're that it's driving your your narrative? I will say um, the people who I want to kill. Uh, I mean, yes, uh, I definitely want to spend more time with the people I want to marry. Um, I definitely want to introduce some people who are fuckable. Because mm. I feel like there's, there's like, right now, it definitely feels like uh, I want to kill these people and I want to marry these people. But I think there are some people, like, there are, no, there are some. And I need to bring them back in that are fuckable. Um, but there's definitely, like, some antagonists that we haven't quite gotten to yet that I'm looking forward to, like having in there and there's a neighborhood antagonist who's awful and he's a jerk every time he comes around but he's and I'm I'm enjoying playing with that and I'm looking forward to ramping that up soon like I'm looking forward to the tension there being like built um because I think that'll be fun but so more this, diversity for your fucking and your or your pool of fucking and your mm -hmm. pool for murder Yes, yes. I'm going to diversify my murder and fucking pools. Nice. Your fuck pool and your kill pool. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, this isn't something that we talk a lot about, but I am curious. Again, just another yes-no question. Are you planning on um, introducing any plot twists? Anything, and this is question first to Claire, then to Neil, where it's like, oh, plot twist. I don't know. I don't know what it could be, but I'm just curious if that's at all in your writing process at this point. <laughs> um, no and yes. Ooh. Okay. Which is in itself a twist. So, and I know it's not <laughs> native to this genre so much, but like, so Neil, do you have any like plot twists on your horizon that's going to make anybody go, <gasps> I hope. Oh no! Not uh, maybe there's not a sequel. really, actually. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So one last kind of like this is more of a discussion question. So feel free to elaborate in any way, or just tell me yes, no. <laughs> Even though it's not phrased <laughs> that way. <laughs> so so question to Neil. So you both have kind of talked a little bit about, like, your editing, like, right? Like, so, Neil, you said that, like, some of what you wrote last night, there's some, like, superfluous stuff there. And, Claire, you said when you're going to come back to the end, you're going to, like, you know you're just going to kind of take a, a machete, you know, which is, <laughs> like, making a resurgence in the world, apparently, and um, chucking things left and right. So I am curious, like, what is your method of as you're writing now like your scraps like I love writing scraps where you're just like I'm gonna put this in here now and like do you have it like in the same document do you have its own scraps document do you keep it like like do you color code it do you make little like notations as you're like writing like what, what like what's your scraps process not necessarily editing, <laughs> but, like, like I just, because I personally, like, when I'm writing anything, like, I have another document that's, like, scraps, because I'm just, like, this is a beautiful phrase. I love you, you, you orphan. 
Like, just go and sit and wait for me to find a home for you. But I don't know if that's, like, the same for, like, this really long-form art form that you're working with. Listeners, I have to point out, Christine's face and body language shows us how excited she is about scraps. I love Very scraps. <laughs> Very She's excited. Like, Let's dig into it. Let's get into Let's scraps. Dig into it. I do. I really do. I have an extremely long scraps document of my own and I will revisit it and I'll like remember the different projects and stuff that they're like orphans of. And I'm like, oh, I remember who birthed you. Like, I remember the creative moment oh. that I had with you and you're just like the ugly deformed little phrase that doesn't or idea that doesn't fit into this <laughs> other thing. <laughs> like, but I'm going to come back to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say for me, like as I'm writing this and I'm, it's definitely just like, uh, it's just linear and I'm just pushing through. And so there's less scraps for me than usual. Often when I'm, writing something that's a little bit more thought out and I have like outlines and things, I will have more like ideas for like different parts that I'm not quite working on right now. And those do go in a separate document. But um, for this, when I, uh, when I've written something and then soon, not, so relatively soon, I'm like, I don't know if that's quite right. And I go in, what I've been doing is like highlighting and then moving it down to the bottom of the document. And then, like, putting a big old space between. And every once in a while, I found, like, I'm sometimes writing to that moment. So it's like, I'm almost there, almost there. There. Now I can join them all up. Or I'm keeping parts of it because I know, like, part of it doesn't work and another part will. So I'm just waiting for it to, to happen. And sometimes I know I hate it. But, like, it's an idea for a thing that I like. So I know once I get to that, I, I'll just delete the whole thing. Like, it's almost like a note. Like, uh, I think the most recent example I have is um, she was talking to a neighbor who's one of those antagonist characters, Mr. Brown. And Mr. Brown has come over to, like, berate her about her lawn again. And so she's just she's just sitting there at, on the stoop with her coffee and she's she doesn't know how to deal with this situation because she doesn't have any money to fix the lawn and she has no intention of fixing the lawn anytime soon but she knows he's pissed about it and she just wants this to go away <laughs> mm -hmm. um so i wrote her a speech where she basically in the nicest way she possibly can tells him to fuck right off and never come back <laughs> <laughs> and it's not really working out because she's not mentally stable to give that kind of speech to a man who's lived here for ages. So it was a little rambling and it was awkward and it didn't quite fit. And then I knew like where I'd written it didn't work because they hadn't had a relationship enough where they could really do that. So I bumped it down to the bottom of the page. I wrote for a long time and I was like, oh, here, here's where that could possibly happen. And I deleted most of it, rewrote it, and then put it in. And then it worked out okay. So that's kind of how that ended up working. But there's not a whole lot of, because I'm not rereading a lot of things I'm doing, and so I'm not, like, cutting them out and saving them. Ideas that I'm having for what will happen in the future, like, I'm more or less just saving them in my head and hoping mm -hmm. I remember them. But mostly I'm thinking, like, I just have to let this narrative go where it wants to go. I'm going to forget it. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to worry about it because I'm just trying to push through. Mm. 
I like that. Yeah, I think that there are some things I do where I'm like, I'll remember that. It's like, if you love this idea, let it go. And if it stays in the back of your brain in the subconscious, it'll resurface again. <laughs> Not this year, it doesn't. I can't <laughs> yeah, remember right. shit this year. <laughs> yeah, this year, the back of the brain is like, we are closed. There is no vacancy in here. <laughs> Get these ideas on paper if you want to have them again. <laughs> Which is maybe why I'm so excited about scraps. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've definitely there are parts of this book or this narrative that I'm writing that have been in my brain for the last five years oh what a relief Ooh. and so like there's a lot of it that's just that I've been looking forward to writing and a lot of it that's like been a part of my brain for a long time um, and a lot of that's not coming through right now. Like, it's like the parts that are really attracted me to writing this particular story aren't there yet. So um, it's either, but they're still present in my head, like, and they're pretty loud. So they'll either go in a different story or be part of the rewrite, or I will incorporate them somehow as I keep writing. But they've been in my head for so long, I have no fear that the that those big thoughts, that those loud thoughts are going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have a crush on somebody and like you, they don't leave your head. And even when that crush is gone, there's still the basis for why it was there. And you're like, and, and maybe you can't like resurrect the exact same feeling, but you do understand and have empathy for the person you were who had that crush then. And that's kind of how this feels. Like I maybe don't understand the exact um, genesis of the thought, and I maybe aren't, I'm not going to translate the whole thing, but I have a deep empathy for the base of the story. My answer is much less profound. Um, so I, um, whenever I write something, I have the document with the thing that I'm writing. And then I have a document that's either called notes or outline where I like mm. put down all these thoughts. And then if stuff gets pulled out, and become scraps that's where I put it. But for some reason with this um, project, that's not what I'm doing. Like mm. there've been a couple times that I've started writing something and I'm like, I know this, I know this is just scraps. I know this is like, I'm doing this just because it's something that I feel like writing today. And that's enough because the point is to be writing every day. Um, or there was one day that was like the, the day that I, um, just couldn't and only did like 800 words it was like plotting out the bed and breakfast in very granular detail and like describing all the rooms and like the narrative is this is not going to be the narrative but i have it's like stuff that i can pull from when my characters happen to be in those different rooms and i just throw it all in one word doc and i think it's because at this point, I can't remember things that I know that I've taken out or things that I've thought about maybe taking out. And if they were in two different documents, I'd never be able to find anything. So it's just all in there so I can just hit control F and be like, okay, that scene where I was talking about what the dining room looked like. Okay, great, great, great. I'll pull these three details and just like pepper it in there. So that's what I've been doing. And what, what I do is each day I open a fresh document to do that to do writing for that day so it's easy to get the word count and then I just throw it in 
at the bottom of the ongoing document where every day what I've written is like separated by lines across the page. So it's like, okay, these are different thoughts or different sessions. They may be in chronological order for the story. They may not. Who knows? Just like look at it later when you're done with all this writing. Now, if you were to ballpark it, how long mm -hmm. is your notes and outline document right now? Oh, it's exceedingly short. It is, oh. I can tell you right now. Maybe it's not that short. Um, it is, it's nine pages. Okay. That's not exceedingly short. First, <laughs> I you were gonna, it's like half a page. Those are all the ideas. It's, no. <laughs> well, because I'm used to these, these being so much longer because it's like all the stuff I've taken out. So like the first right. page is like brief descriptions of the characters and then like themes that I want to, to tap into. And then a few pages is like pretty detailed outline of the plot where it's like, okay. And it's not even in chapters yet because I've never written chapters. So I think I might need to reorganize everything into chapters, but it's like, okay, here's this beat of the story. Here's what happens plot wise. Here's what happens character wise. Here's what happens thematically. And so because it's in an outline format, it takes up a lot of space. Um, and then I have like my original intention of like the itinerary of the uh, the romantic weekend. And like, that's all that's in there right now. Did you draw like a sketch outline of the, like the Ben breakfast? No, um, but it's in my head. Mm -hmm. I know, I definitely know what the first floor lo looks like. And then we'll get to the third floor because that's where Carrie's bedroom is. Ooh, all right. Nice. How many rooms I does definitely... this place have? How much is in a night? Uh, like... What is, like, what is <laughs> like, can I stay there? If I were to, like, <laughs> what kind of packages do they have? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, where we are in the narrative, you probably don't want to stay there right now. Because it's okay. Harry trying to hold it all together by himself. Okay, yeah. With the cleaning lady who, who knows where she is at any given moment. Okay, no, I need to say to clean TripAdvisor, like, what's their TripAdvisor score? Is it, like, fours? It's not great. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I guess I will not be saying Everything, everything <laughs> is, like, fine. You know, I have yeah. this scene, I think it's another scene that I'm going to have to cut, where Carrie is, he's literally, like, he's trying to turn off the chafing dishes that are set out for breakfast. Like he's trying to turn the fire down because he's, it's like breakfast is ending. That's all he's trying to accomplish, but it takes him like 10 pages to get there because he keeps getting interrupted by things. And he comes, he comes across this couple from the Midwest who are like so friendly, so polite because they're from the Midwest and yet he can't remember their names. Um, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, Hey, since we see you, there's just a, this little tiny thing that we wanted to bring up. And they just go on all these tangents and it takes them forever to finally get like, so I have to go somewhere. What's the problem? And they're like, oh, it's barely anything. The doorknob of our room stuck and we were trapped in the room for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, him having, and him having to be like, fucking shit. When do I have time to fix that? <laughs> so that, that's that's the state of things at the moment and like he he unclogs a drain and um pulls out a clump of hair that looks like a dead rat 
And he wraps it in a towel, and he's so disgusted by it that he just wants to chuck the whole thing in the trash. But he's like, but the towel's still in decent shape. (laughs) And I I don't want to have to worry about, like, finding the expense to replace it. So that's that's where things are. I don't think I'm going to stay at this at this B&B. I am very no. sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But it's it's there's still a lot of charm, but like if you're if you're not spending a lot of time at the B&B, it's perfectly serviceable. Great. <laughs> and the owner's really hot, so. Right, yeah. That is yeah. a big draw. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, those are my questions. <laughs> Those were fantastic questions. Excellent oh, questions. <laughs> I love, I love that you asked yes or no questions because I'm terrible at yes or no questions because I'm always like, well, yes, but yeah. or like yes and with the <laughs> caveat of. So I appreciate that because then it like forces me to, to be you know to like make a statement about my own work. Yeah. Um, my sister texted me right after she listened to the episode, and her big question was, is this set in Portales, New Mexico, where you went to college? And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. And she's like, does 100%. Portales have an Applebee's? And I wrote back, I was like, I don't know, but I can say while we were going there, we all wanted there to be an Applebee's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is wish fulfillment for you. Yeah, and this was all, like, that was all we wanted was we, and, like, there was this constant rumor that su- that Portales was going to get an Applebee's. And, like, it, it. It never was. And it's all like locked up in like very silly things about like how many liquor licenses they had. And we as college students, this is how tiny the town was. We knew who had liquor licenses. (laughs) (laughs) We were aware of the politics of liquor licenses. And so it's like it's very much like a little in joke for me. It was funny to read out loud that it was an Applebee's, but it was also like this internal in joke for myself. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, anyway, I thought that they would just make everybody laugh. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Christine. <laughs> we appreciate it. I love your questions. They're always very um, interesting and thoughtful. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. Really Thank you, writers. Thank. I mean, I didn't want to brag. Well, I mean, I'll throw it out to all the other writers on NaNoWriMo. Thank you all to those other writers. And, of course, thank you to the support system that is NaNoWriMo that allows us to do this and is comforting and fun. Listeners, listeners, we're halfway through, but it's still not too late. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you want to jump in and start writing stuff, do. Or if you haven't done so, go to NaNoWriMo.org. Give them a little donation so that they can continue to do the wonderful things that they do. Um, and I think all that's left to say is... Keep, Keep 